Jim Caviezel plays Tim Ballard in this true story about a homeland security agent who goes into the belly of the beast to rescue hundreds of children from sex traffickers in The Sound of Freedom. In horror movies, heroes face off against monsters of all different forms and kinds. And no matter how freaky some of those can be, arguably, human beings are the worst amongst them all. Especially those who would harm innocent children. Now, the reason I want to talk about this movie is because the villain, child sex traffickers, are uh, absolutely a horrifying subject matter for a movie. And also, it's a very indie-focused movie going against giant Hollywood competition. And on this channel, we talk about independent spirit movies. We focus around horror movies. And this, there's no more horrifying subject matter to me than the one that takes place in this movie. Not only the fact that it was based on a true story, that it happened, but that it still continues to happen. And that it's overlooked as well, too, and continues to be overlooked. I didn't even hear about this movie. Didn't see any kind of marketing for it. I think I might have seen like a ad for it uh, when I was browsing movies on the AMC website, but I had no idea what it was about, so I just kind of passed it over. Fast forward a couple of days after that, and I started hearing about all the drama surrounding Indiana Jones and how it wasn't opening well, and how this little upstart indie movie out of nowhere started taking it to task. So on the 4th of July... This movie gave Indiana Jones fierce competition. The difference is, though, that Indiana Jones has made anywhere from a budget, um, from what I've heard, from $295 million to $330 million, whereas The Sound of Freedom was made right around a $14 million budget, which is a mere drop in the hat compared to the budget of Indiana Jones and The Dial of Destiny. So I started looking more into it. What's even more bizarre is that Disney, when they acquired the rights to Fox, had the rights to this movie. They chose not to distribute it, so this little studio called Angel Studios, who puts out The Chosen, they bought the rights to this movie. It, it sort of, to draw a strange parallel here, Terrifier 2, which came out, which is a huge indie upstart. <laughs> so so stick with me here. This is kind of a strange comparison. Terrifier 2, which was made on $250,000, which was crowdfunded, which had a bit of uh, an audience from the first one, all about this clown uh, who goes on this crazy murder spree and it's extremely gory that caused an upset in the film community upset being that a lot of people went to go see it and it made at least 15 million dollars so it made more than its budget back and it's competing with these movies that are made on quadruple and then some of the budget and so there is it, it, it just proves that there is a hunger for indie movies and in the case of the sound of freedom of course this is the opposite so the subject matter is more horrifying than what's going on in Terrifier 2. But it shows far more restraint. So Terrifier 2 is an over-the-top, gory, a kind of special effects-laden movie where people go to see it for the effects and the over-the-top gore and the crazy clown and the antics. Sound of Freedom is more of kind of an outside-of-the-box movie where it tackles a subject that Hollywood is really afraid to delve into. But each one has an appeal because Hollywood doesn't normally tackle or approach it in the way that these, these movies uh, approached the subject matter. With the case of The Sound of Freedom, it's a very somber subject. It shows restraint. You know what's happening to the kids. They cut before you see what's happening to them. It's not like a, 
I thought it was going to be a sort of like missing an action thing where it was like straight up action movie. It's it's somber. He go it goes through these details of what the main character has to do to rescue the kids. He rescues one kid, and then he goes very much out of his way to rescue the kid's sister. That's where the real kind of main mission of the movie takes place is to rescue. You get get one kid out of there and then you go to rescue the sister. And he had actually saved a bunch of kids before this, but this is sort of like a saving private Ryan scenario where he's got to risk all to get this one girl. And he's got to venture into the belly of the beast to do it. Not a movie where you're going to get a lot of comic relief. It's very focused on the tone. The acting is fantastic, very intense, focused on the mission. And the audience is quiet. Like the audience that I saw it with was quiet throughout the entire movie. You can almost like hear a pin drop in this thing. So it definitely is a movie that captivates the audience's attention. And I heard a lot of people were crying in this movie. That did not happen in my theater, but everybody was very quiet and very focused on the movie. This is not going to be like the kind of movie where you're going to hear people talking on their cell phone. So that's proof right there that it works, that there's a lot of the movie that works. And during a lot of this movie, you're kind of like, you're sort of, you're squeamish because Caviezel has to merge with all these super slimy people to get information and to kind of lure them in so he can capture them so he can go and save people. So there's all these characters you can tell he wants to take out, like in like a regular action movie, but he can't do it because he can't ruin the mission. So that makes it extra tense throughout the entire movie when you're watching the way that it plays out. And it does play out. I don't know how accurate it was to how it really happened. Movies are always dramatized, but whatever they did make up, it felt very realistic and it didn't stand out. But the hilarious irony here is that Disney created competition against itself when they actually could have had some easy money, but instead they did it the hard way and spent an insane amount on Indiana Jones. But this is the, and then failed because it's failing right now. But this is the reason why I think these like little indie upstart movies are happening. Because, okay, a couple things. Number one, Hollywood movies are mostly remakes and reboots now. So there's not a lot of surprises in what you want to see. And you're going to see like the same thing over again. Basically, you're going to see the same thing over again the majority of the time. But it's going to be, it's going to copy the first one and not in a good way. On rare occasions, the sequel turns out better, but most of the time, it turns out far far worse, and it wrecks your memory of the originals, regardless of whether it's a like a sequel or a prequel or a reboot. So I think people are just tired of that. They're tired of the unoriginality of Hollywood. They're tired of the of not having anything different. So when a movie like Terrifier Two comes out that is so different than what Hollywood usually puts out. It's kind of like this indie midnight movie that you can see people flock to it. When a movie like The Sound of Freedom comes out, where it has a subject that Hollywood doesn't usually tackle, and people are so disappointed by when Hollywood does put out these big movies that they think everybody wants to see, or it's a franchise that everybody, that most I would say, the majority of people, especially my age growing up, or if you're if they're around at the time like when, well, I don't know, like the generation of Crystal Skull could be fans, but. Anyways, case of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. The rumors about it had been pouring out all over the internet about what Indiana Jones' character was going to be like, whether he was going to be sort of overshadowed in his own movie, 
And when, as an audience member, now this is where my opinion, where I'm coming from on this one, I did not feel compelled to see that movie in the theater because as an audience member, I have such a fond memory of the original Indiana Jones movies. Temple of Doom, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Last Crusader, outstanding movies. I could rewatch those pretty much any time, no matter what, what mood I'm in. Raiders of the Lost Ark, to me, is... One of my all-time favorite movies. It, it combines so many great genres, and it combines the horror genre, action genre, adventure genre, the uh, uh, like a pulp elements to it. It's got almost all of these sort of genres compiled together into this big, like massive event. That was the first, well, some of the first kind of movies I was really fans of as a kid. It was Indiana Jones. So when you're attached to it for that long, and you're used to the character being a certain way, and you hear about things that are going to happen. In the sequel, like with the new regime of Disney taking over, and in my opinion, ruining everything like butchering Star Wars, with some exceptions with the new stuff. And now butchering Indiana Jones, and people are just waiting so long to see this, then they see them either degraded in their own movie or replaced by another character or barely having any screen time. It's not a big surprise to me that people are rejecting the corporate larger Hollywood movies. And when they have an option to go see an independent movie as competition for them, it's a way to stick it to the Hollywood system. It's a way to send the Hollywood system a message that we don't like what you're giving us. You need to change the way that you're doing stuff or we're out and we're going to support independent stuff. So we're seeing more of a continued rise of independent cinema, the way that people make movies and a much more realistic. And when stuff like this happens, it throws Hollywood for a loop. And it gives the audience something to champion and that they know that they had a part in champion. When something's kind of like a smaller movie and you can boost it and champion it, there is no better way to stick it to Hollywood than doing that just there. So if you don't like the way that Hollywood is doing things and you want them to change, make better material, think about the fans more, stop thinking about themselves as much. Go out and support movies like The Sound of Freedom. We need to hold Hollywood's feet to the fire because they've been making a lot of mistakes. And if they don't change soon, they may just very well get replaced by the independents. Anyways, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future. But check this movie out. It's a very important movie in the independent film movement. Well, that's it for now. Hope you have a good rest of your week. I won't uh, try and do any jokes. This movie is a somber one. Uh, but this is... <laughs> This is definitely a subject matter that deserves attention. And Hollywood should feel ashamed of itself by not shining a larger light over this subject. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Dead Harvey Podcast. Mm-hmm.